This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Millions of bottles of eye drops being pulled off the shelves around the world, part of a global recall. And this after the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in America uh, reported a possible link between this particular uh, eye drop and serious bacterial infections linked to bacteria Pseudomonas aeruginosa. I'm not saying that right. Pseudomonas aeruginosa. That's my best uh, shot at that. Now, this is how serious it is. Uh, What the CDC identified in the US, 55 cases of infection across 12 different states, and at least five of them resulted in permanent vision loss and sadly, one death as well. The brand of eyedrop is the Esri Care Artificial Tears. Global Pharma Healthcare has indeed started a voluntary recall of the product. Now, I do want to be clear. Um, they're not, they've not clearly established whether this particular bacteria was part of a batch that went out or whether it was on the bottles due to some other reason as well. But the point of the matter is this is widespread enough that the CDC has issued that warning in America and uh, the global pharmaceutical company has talked about it. My, my, we all use eye drops. I use eye drops on a daily basis. I stare at screens 10 times a day. I've talked about how important it is to keep your eyes lubricated as well. How likely is it that we could develop a bacterial infection from something that we're popping into our eyes. Clinical Associate Professor Colway Boone joins me, Senior Consultant, Corneal and External Eye Disease Department at SNEC. Professor, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Daniel, and it's nice to be back. What, do, what is the latest that we have? I wonder whether you know this is something that Singaporeans might be uh, using as well and whether we're at risk. What do we know in the eye care industry about this? Okay, so it is quite a fascinating news story and a little bit scary as well. Yes. But as far as I know, uh, Esri Care Artificial Tears is not available in Singapore. I've never seen it around, and as far as I can tell, it's not available in Singapore. Uh, it does seem to have been produced by Global Pharma for the U.S. market, I think, uh, and they sold it actually under different brands. So Esri Care Artificial Tears was one brand. They actually sold it in a different form, uh, different packaging called Delsum Pharma Artificial Tears. And that was also sold in the U.S. And both of these have been recalled. I think Singaporeans so far, we're safe unless you happen to have bought uh, artificial tears from the U.S. Mm. So what is the link to how artificial tears could be linked to some kind of bacterial infection? And this particular bacteria, the Pseudomonas aeruginosa. Okay, so this is the fascinating and a bit scary bit because Pseudomonas aeruginosa uh, is quite an aggressive bacteria. But, you know, in most healthy people, you're going to be resistant to it. You have some immunity against it. But uh, once you have, let's say, your immune compromise, you know, your immunity is low, or, for example, there's some injury to your body or you've had surgery, then Pseudomonas aeruginosa can cause really severe, really aggressive infections. It has led to infections in the lungs, urine, skin, and the eyes. So how does such a bad, you know, uh, aggressive bacteria, how is it linked to the artificial tears? We don't really know at this point. I've read the statements by the FDA and the CDC, and it's not entirely clear. But what they did say is that there were patients who were getting pseudomonas infections of the eye, pseudomonas infections of the lungs, urine, And as you pointed out, one case where there was blood infection or sepsis that eventually resulted in death. Uh, So I think that's where they're trying to draw the link. 
think about this Pseudomonas erythrinosa, I mean, the bacteria is out there, you know, it's, it's seen in all over the world. But this particular strain that they found in the U.S. was so unique, they were actually able to identify it as something they would never seen before in the country. Gosh. Drug-resistant yeah, as well, wasn't it, this particular this, strain? Exactly. So, you know, you could almost call it a superbug because it was resistant to all the common antibiotics that it was tested against. It's probably just one obscure antibiotic, which I've never even heard of, that was about the only thing that was effective. So because of that, they were able to track it down. I mean, if you think about it, 55 patients in a whole country like yeah. the U.S., that's a very small number, but it was so unique that they started to look deeper into it. What is the wider possibility of things like this happening? Maybe not on this scale in the sense of this strain of bacteria being drug-resistant and so rare and things like that, but mm. how often do we see patients walking into the clinic who've developed some kind of eye infection due to their use of eye drops, which they thought would be helpful in some way to their eye care? Yeah. So that's a really great question. And I'm glad to say that personally, I don't think I've ever seen a case where you could link the eye drop use to an infection in the eye. I mean, I've seen patients who've used expired eye drops, uh, you know, or they kept it up for too long. They weren't using it properly. Um, and these sometimes cause irritation of the eyes, maybe a mild sore eyes. But uh, fortunately, I've never seen anyone actually develop an infection. And that's because of a few things. I mean, most eye drops, I mean, sold in, in, the U in Singapore, you know, uh, they are um, produced uh, well. They're sterile. They've always gone through HSA. That means the Health Science Authority approval because they, before they can be brought into Singapore. And most eye drops have some way to prevent contamination. And this includes the use of preservatives, for example, so to prevent any bacteria from growing in the eye drop itself. So unless you're really contaminating it, for example, you actually touched it or you touched the eye or the lashes and a lot of germs going into the bottle, it's very rare to get bacteria growing in the eye, eye drop bottle. And even more so because most patients tend to be healthy. So even if you do get a bit of bacteria in the eyes, it's not usually going to cause infection. So again, this is why this particular case in the US is fascinating and also a little bit scary. Again, so, I mean, that's the thing. The investigations will continue. We're going to find out whether this could have been a batch situation, mm. whether a particular batch was contaminated with this and why this particular strain as well. So it's a developing story, and we're going to monitor that as well. But that brings up a very important point, a couple of them, two points that I really want to build on. Let's deal with the first one first, which is the idea of preservative versus preservative-free eye drops. Um, I've done whole shows talking about which ones people should choose. And I know the jury is still out with regard to that. Some people believe they think it's healthier and better for them to use the preservative-free versions. But that also might put it at risk to, oh, I don't know, you know, some of the infections or, or bacterial strains from your finger transferring to it and things like that. What, what's the difference between these two and which should we choose? Okay, so... Let's talk about, in general, uh, eye drops come in with preservatives and without preservatives. And there are many eye drops that you don't have preservative-free formulation. So a lot of glaucoma eye drops, antibiotics, and that's just the nature of those eye drops. But when it comes to something that most patients use commonly, which are the artificial tears, these are the lubricating eye drops. You know, your eyes feel a bit dry, a bit tired, and you use them. These are widely available in Singapore. Yes, you can find uh, these two broad groups. Now, with preservatives, 
they help keep the bottles sterile and it lowers the cost. So that's why eye drop bottles, those big bottles, they typically come with preservatives so that you can use the bottle multiple times within the, the period that they are, the, they are supposed to. That's typically about one to three months. So it keeps the cost low. And generally, most preservatives are quite well tolerated. So if you're using the eye drops maybe just once, twice a day, that's going to be perfectly fine. But if you're the type of patient where you get a lot of dry eyes or you you have to use the eye drops very frequently, more than four to five times a day, then yes, having preservative-free eye drops can be more comfortable because the preservatives themselves can sometimes cause irritation. So a lot of patients swear by preservative-free eye drops because it is more comfortable. Now, as you realize, preservative-free eye drops tend to be in individual capsules or vials, and that's because they have no preservatives. You shouldn't be using them more than, let's say, 12 hours a day. Very rarely, there are certain kinds of eye drops that are preservative-free but come in special bottles. And these special bottles sometimes have special valves or they're treated with a special chemical, again, to prevent contamination. Those are few and far between. So most of the time, those big bottles will have preservatives. Those individual capsules will be preservative-free. And so it depends on the type of patient you are, how often you need to use the eye drops. I'm curious, it's not just eye drops that we're putting on and near our eyes, Professor. I know a lot of people utilize things like over-the-counter eye wipes that they buy in the morning to wipe away the room um, and the hard, crusty stuff. I know people use eye washers as well. Could all of these be potential risk factors for transferring bacteria to the eye? And again, isn't it ironic we're doing this because we're thinking we're being eye healthy? <laughs> right. So... I think, again, you know, I want to just reassure your listeners that uh, a lot of this stuff is safe. Uh, again, these are all approved to be sold in Singapore, uh, specifically for eye wash and specifically for those lid wipes, those to clean your eyelids. Actually, they probably do more good than harm because they do reduce the amount of bacteria on the eyelids. They do reduce all the room and crusting on the eyelids and lashes. So I think that's great for eye health. Um, and because it's external, you know, you're not putting it really into the eye, at least for the eye wipes, and even for the wash, it's just cleaning the external surface of the eye. Generally, it's going to be very safe. I think the only time I would be worried about patients doing this is that, say, they had just undergone surgery, maybe within the last few weeks, or if their eye is inherently unhealthy because of age, uh, they've had some injury to the eye, trauma to the eye, or they have some underlying eye disease. Now, in those sort of cases, maybe best to consult your doctor before you're using eye wipes or those eye washers. Let's talk about the signs to look out for. How would I know if I have an eye infection that I should definitely be seeing my eye doctor about? Because I worry some of us will be like, ah, a little bit pain, okay, I can just deal with it on my own, that kind of thing. Mm. Okay, so that's always a good question. Uh, in general, when your eye has an infection, it also depends on which part of the eye. But in general, if you have redness, swelling, either of the eyelids or the white parts of the eye, uh, some discomfort, some discharge, but your eyesight is still okay, you're still seeing well, and the pain is not so severe that you, know, you can't sleep or you can't do your work, then I think those signs are generally a little bit less uh, urgent. I would advise you to see your family doctor. You know, signs like this, redness, a bit of swelling, some discharge and itch, uh, typically can be due to things like sore eyes or conjunctivitis. But if you have 
other signs that are a bit more urgent. And typically, we're talking about uh, severe pain, inability to open the eyes, or any sudden drop in the vision. Now, those are the things you want to go straight to see an eye doctor, or if necessary, you know, if it's at night or weekends, then go to the A&E to get your eyes checked. See, that's the thing. I mean... Obviously, for a lot of people, if they think it's a minor condition, my worry is that they might not. So those are very useful tips to bear in mind. I think the worrying thing from this particular incident is, again, anytime I talk about eye health, people are always worried like, oh, is this going to rob me of my eyesight somewhere and yeah. somehow? And this has some cases associated with it potentially to this bacterial infection. How quickly can a bacterial infection progress into a situation where it actually permanently affects your eyesight? Okay, so let's take uh, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which is what we've been talking about here. Now, Pseudomonas is actually very aggressive. So in patients that have developed a Pseudomonas infection of the cornea, for example, or cornea ulcer, uh, the infection can spread within days. So it can spread from a small spot on the cornea and spread to the rest of the cornea within a few days. So it's patients like these that really need uh, an urgent referral and start really urgent and intensive antibiotics in order to prevent that infection. Now, fortunately for us in Singapore, most of the pseudomonas we see so far, at least in the context of eye infections, cornea ulcers, have been sensitive to a lot of the antibiotics. We uh -huh. don't see a lot of resistant pseudomonas aeruginosa in Singapore. So that's the good thing. But nonetheless, once you have an infection of the cornea, you know, even if it heals, that's going to leave scarring of the cornea. And the cornea, as you, as you well know, is meant to be transparent. If you get scarring, that scarring can prevent the amount of light entering the eye and reduce your vision. So with infections, especially aggressive ones like pseudomonas, yes, they can cause permanent change in your vision and even visual loss if the infection is widespread, if it's severe, isn't treated quickly enough, uh, or the other underlying conditions, let's say your immune compromise, that prevent the infection from being cleared quickly. Professor, let's talk about treatment. And if it is, you're brought into your eye doctor, you've seen your eye doctor, and yes, it is a bacterial infection. What's right. the treatment approach in general? Okay, so again, let's take a, a worst-case scenario. You've got a bacterial infection of your cornea or a cornea ulcer, and we sometimes see this with contact lens wear, with injury of the eye. So what we need to do as an eye doctor is to firstly uh, establish what bacteria is causing the infection. And to do so, we would take samples of uh, the bacteria from the eye. So very gently, we'll take samples from the surface of the cornea, from the ulcer. And typically, this is done under anesthetic. You know, you're not going to feel any pain. We'll just very gently scrape the surface of the eye to send those for what we call cultures. They'll grow on petri dishes to see what bacteria can, can be obtained. After that is done, we're going to start the patient immediately on really intensive antibiotics. And these are typically antibiotic eye drops. And when we say intensive, we're talking about every one to two hours through the day, even through the night, in order to make sure they're getting the maximum amount of dosage of antibiotics into that eye. And for some patients who have bad infections or they're not able to use the eye drops every hour, we actually admit them into the hospital to support them during this period. Now, typically, we will be able to see the response to the treatment in about two days. And that's also about the time where we start to get back some of the results from our cultures, you know, those stuff growing on the Petri dishes. And this is the point where we start to titrate or adjust our treatment. If the patient's getting better and we know the antibiotics are working, well, if the patient's getting better, we know the bacteria 
that's causing the infection, and we know that the antibiotics are uh, going to be effective against the bacteria, then we're going to press on and continue the treatment. However, if let's say the bacterial cultures come back, it's a, a bug that may be not something we suspected or the antibiotics that we used were not the right type, then that's a time we definitely need to switch our antibiotics and then continue the, the treatment from there. For minor ulcers, you know, it could be one to two weeks and you could be fine. But for really serious ulcers, we're talking about weeks of treatment, sometimes even months of treatment before everything resolves. It can so take so long, yeah. really? Yes, because uh, some infections can be very serious. Again, pseudomonas is your typical, really aggressive cornea ulcer. And I've had patients that had to stay in the hospital for maybe up to one to two weeks before things were really under control. And even after that, you know, they're going to go back home, but they're still going to be on their eye drops for anywhere from one for another two to four weeks before really, you know, the infection is healed. Now, it very, very rarely, if the infection is so serious that we can't control it with antibiotics, that's really when you actually may need a cornea transplant. I'll say that in Singapore, that's very rare because patients generally get to see an eye doctor very quickly and we start treatment very quickly. But in very rare cases where we can't control the infection, that's really what we need to do. We actually need to remove the parts of the cornea that are infected and replace it or transplant a new healthy cornea in order to salvage the eye and prevent the infection for spreading into the eyeball itself. Professor Cole, thank you for painting us a full and complete picture of this issue. Appreciate your time and joining me on today's edition of Health Matters. That's Clinical Associate Professor Caldway Boone, Senior Consultant out of the Corneal and External Eye Disease Department at SNEC. And if you want to listen to more Health Matters podcasts, head on over to cna.asia slash listen. Click on CNA 938 On Demand and you'll see the Health Matters podcast. I'm Daniel Martin. Thanks for joining me. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.